Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lori's excited. She's just one hour away from pre-gaming for the big Curtis A. John Lennon tribute co- tonight. Yeah, what cocktail goes with that, Lori? Well, Julia, normally I would be probably having a Miller Lite in a long, <laughs> you know, a bottle. Yeah. You know. Not with the big mouth, though, Rocco. No, yeah, okay. no, they don't serve them that way at First Avenue. They know how to... They, Lori? Yeah, I hate those big... That was a whole fiasco. I hate you're... those... Uh, blowjob bottles is what I call okay. them. Those oh, big wow. There we go. I know it, but you know what I mean? I hate those things. No. Blowjob Okay, job we're bottles. talking about John Lennon oh, yes, on My Talk 107.1. He died, uh, what, 40 years ago? Is that what we're doing? I yes. like it how you try to keep us on top. I could get fired for talking about bottles like that, couldn't yeah. I? Maybe. Be, no. 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 Okay. All right, go yeah. back. I mean, yeah. I was the one that cute, didn't hear no. you guys swear last week. Well, let's well, not, now Let's not keep talking about it. Alert. Yeah. Let's not keep talking about things. Let's move on. Ooh, John Lennon. Okay. So, uh, yes, today marks 40 years since John Lennon was assassinated outside of his home in New York City. And we've got uh, Harry Smith was on the Today Show looking back at John Lennon's life and legacy through an interview that NBC had that was they think might be one of his last television interviews because okay. we know he gave the interview to Rolling Stone magazine three days before he died, and Annie Leibovitz did the cover, and it was the nude one of him and Yoko, and it ended up being, you know, their January issue. But the t- for people who are of a certain age, there was a show called was it called Tomorrow. Yeah, with Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder, I love him. Tomorrow Show. I feel like Bill Murray. Would sit there and smoke cigarettes. Yes, yes, and Bill Murray spoofed it on SNL, but it was like came on at like eleven o'clock at night. It was a late night, so it was later than Johnny Carson. Maybe it was even midnight. It was like when David Letterman used to be on after yeah. Johnny. But it was you on know. CBS, though I think, right? Right. Okay. I don't remember. Probably. I think NBC because Maybe that's right. who yeah, has okay. the tape. Has this? So he kind of all the thing. Uh, every time you hear. John Lennon speak, it is sometime in 1980 that he's, I didn't look it up, that he's on with Tom Snyder talking to him. So here we go. Yeah, so I think cut one is him sort of talking about, you know, being at the height of Beatlemania. It was like being in the eye of a hurricane. You know, you'd suddenly wake up in the middle of one, a concert or a happening, and think, what, what, how did I get here, you know? The last thing I remember was playing music in a club, and the next minute this. The response to the group, the depth of their fans' devotion, was called Beatlemania. A fever that mystified and even angered many a grown-up. It was mainly parents, and they were against rock and roll, you know. Anyway, before the Beatles came along, I mean, people have been trying to stamp out rock and roll since it started. Why do you think that is? What is that? What are they afraid uh, of? I always thought it was because it came from black music, and the words had a lot of double entendre in the early days, and it was sort of, you know, the white kids, our white nice wasps, are going to go crazy with all this moving their bodies, you know. And the music got to your body, 
and the Beatles just carried it a bit further, made it a little more white even than Elvis did. So that's a very interesting, uh, you know, thing to put in the context of 1980 and mm -hmm. looking back at the 60s. And so, um, right. and I love that they dug this up or came, you know, d or doing the yes, story yes, around yes, it yes, because yes. it adds a... I mean, because he has been gone 40 years. He would have been 80 this year, but he's forever frozen. His you know? voice just sounds so young. Yeah. And you, I mean, these guys, the, the Beatles were young when yeah, they, they broke hit up. It. And, and he was the oldest. It. Yeah. You know, John Lennon was the oldest Beatle. Okay, go ahead with the next one, yeah, Marco. Take a cut to is about the breakup. We just broke up out of sheer boredom, you know. And boredom creates tension. How can you get bored doing what you did? Because it was going on, it was not going anywhere, you know. We'd stop touring and we'd just sort of say, time to make an album, you know, go in the studio. And we'd, the same four of us would be looking at each other and playing the same licks. Lennon likened it to playing tennis with only one opponent. After a few years, you'd know all their moves. Yeah, it just got like um, a marriage that doesn't work or something. Each Beatle then followed his own distinct path. But it was Lennon who made the sharpest turn. In Yoko Ono, he found a soulmate, a musical inspiration, and philosophical partner. Lennon and Ono's coupling, breakup, and recoupling made headlines. The two skillfully turned celebrity to their advantage. And we knew whatever we did was going to be in the papers, mm -hmm. you know. So we decided to utilize the space we would occupy anyway by getting married with a commercial for peace and also a theatrical event. And the theatrical event we came up with, which utilized the least energy with the maximum effect, was to work from bed. And what we virtually had was a seven-day press conference in bed. And the story that came out was John and Yoko do bed in for peace. And we were just promoting peace, like you promote any product. I mean, again, kind just, of the, just the think about the thought about it of his responses and this whole mm -hmm. conversation is so, so interesting. And he and Yoko, uh, Holly posted this Rolling Stone interview that was done three days before. He, it's really interesting to read it because one of the things that I think, you know, John, John Lennon was an early, you know, he was a feminist. And after he and Yoko broke up and she sent him away with May Payne because she realized he had a sexual energy he needed to get out. She was very no-nonsense about that. Mm -hmm. Go and have your way with this woman, but you'll when you come back to me, it's going to all be different. But he goes into great in-depth about he truly wanted to be an, an equal partner, and that was her pushing him to get rid of his ideas of what the husband should do, the wife should do, the male mm -hmm. role, the female role, and... You know that she had like they had a stillborn son and they had several miscarriages and I didn't know he gets that. very open about becoming he got a lot of crap for becoming the first famous house dad right you know because remember he did like stayed home for five years Lori I don't he remember as much as you. oh okay yeah Rocco do you remember that 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 was something that was this part of Lennon saying like he did get a lot of crap I don't remember about that, that but I, that makes sense. Just in yeah. the times Yoko of the had 70s. to get out and do her art installations. Right. And, and they d did the double fantasy album, you know, and 
Is there one more cut or no? Was that no, it? I got it down into two. I could have just li- go and listen well, that, to that whole Tom Snyder it interview. It sounds like it would be really fun to just go I find. wonder if there's a Tom Snyder archive, you know, because those are some pretty great interviews. Yeah, oh, for sure. And he shows up. Clips of him will show up in random movies. Do you ever notice that? No, I didn't notice that. I think because it, like, says of such a time of yep. that late 70s, early 80s, the... The sprezzatura of Tom okay, Snyder smoking yeah. his cigarette and leaning back in his chair. <laughs> I, I'm glad you used that today. Yeah. The efficacy. As questions were efficacious. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, it, it just, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, just kind of interesting. And then, you know, I guess Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford got in a big kind of like fight right before they went back on the air. Uh, they were, they were. You know, doing Monday, Monday Night, Night Football, Football commentary, mm-hmm. and they found out about the death of John Lennon, and they were fighting whether they should announce it during the Monday Night Football game. Right, that he has been shot dead. A verbal tussle ensued, with Frank saying, "BS," but the whole thing were not, and Howard Cosell prevailed and just said, "There's been an unspeakable tragedy." And then they went back to the football game. Well, what else did you do? Yeah, they probably didn't have uh, people on the street, and you, you don't have digital stuff. I mean, this is back in the olden days, Lori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, I remember wow. being—I was only eight. Yeah, and I remember, you know, I knew about the Beatles a little bit, but when I heard John Lennon was dead, I was like, "Oh, that guy that sings watching the wheels <gasps> and woman," you know, those yeah, solo yeah. hits. Right. And, you know, and I had to like, oh, okay, the Beatles. You know, but I was only eight. But even then I knew it was obviously a big deal. Yeah. We had a big, I don't know what year I was in school. What would have been 30 years ago in 1980? 1980. I would have been a a junior. And we had a big, at St. Paul Academy, at SPA in St. Paul, I believe we had a big keg to celebrate it. John Lennon. Mm -hmm, The next weekend. Yeah, because a lot of people, their parents might have, would have had, or brothers or sisters would have had... uh, um, you know, the mm-hmm. Beatles albums or whatever. Oh, yeah, the White and, Album know, was the bomb back the, then. I mean, we had it all. Right. We grew up with the Beatles. It was yeah. funny. The other night I was watching TCM with my nine-year-old, and um, I saw that Hard Day's Night was on there. So I said, you know what, let's just watch the first five minutes when they're getting chased yeah. by all the fans and stuff. And I just to explain to him, like, watch this, dude. I mean, this wasn't my time. This was your grandma's time, but... Look at how these guys just ruled the world for like five years. Yeah, you know? right. Well, I mean, you know, there's like the BTS boys. It's like the South Korea passing the law so that they can because the a boy band and I won't put the Beatles, but they started, you know, like the mania with the girls. The hysteria is real, and there's only a few bands that ever experience that, like. And you watch it just to see women, girls, just lose, lose control their and just and cry their faces and scream. And, cry and, mm-hmm. scream. and you could see It's how- like it with Elvis, too. The screaming and the crying and the... Yeah. And there was probably some of that with Sinatra and whatnot, you know, be, you know coming up But this, there's but something about being in a group where all of you and then you're just laughing. And even when you look at Beatles interviews, you know, they are so saucy and sassy and yeah, funny. Yeah, and then as it goes on and you realize oh, they were only together like five years. Is that it in that many albums? Yeah. That's unbelievable. So Paul McCartney, we, I, we never really heard that. I thought we were going to. He talked to the Sunday Times about this. Um, I don't know what this documentary. Let me see what the name of it is. It's coming, coming out. But um, 
he, you know, he has regularly talked about how he, his feelings were so, he was really, really hurt that everyone thought. Thought that, it was him. And Linda. it was him. Yeah. I would be too. But Yoko Ono, I thought was the one who was accused of breaking up the Beatles. That's yes, who I, I always thought it was, got the blame. I thought so too. So yeah, there's a new Beatles documentary coming out that Paul McCartney's behind. Well, if he's that, seen it and stuff already. Yeah, that he's talking about it. It's coming from Peter Jackson, who okay. did Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. It tells the story behind their final album, Let It Be, which was released in 1970. And it's believed that the documentary will challenge rumors that uh, the individual Beatles fought constantly. Right. And I mean, um, John just says we were bored. Well, he did. Yeah, he had a very uh, 10 years later, but it was because Paul, I guess, the reason he gets blamed is because he had he filed a lawsuit calling for the band's formal dissolution. So that movie is called Get That's Back. Why. It's supposed to come out in August. Mm-hmm. And there is a ton of footage shot already about let the Let It Be recording, yeah, and yeah, the rooftop yeah. concert and all that stuff. So he's probably going back and cleaning some of that up and... Getting to the bottom of it. Because yeah. it was kind of an ugly ending, but that, there's some great songs on Let It Be. Right. Oh, right. So, anyway, he's like, in the documentary, people are going to see that it that wasn't. That sounds yeah. cool. So, anyway. Yeah. But there's a lot of, uh, Holly posted a couple things about John Lennon, and um, I don't have time to get to my story about how John Lennon convinced Mick Jagger to never meet Elvis. Maybe I'll give it tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Or a little bit later in Maybe, the show. Maybe, right. Yeah, we got to get to the dirt alert. Well. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday, ladies. Let's get to the gossip. All right. We're going to talk about Olivia Jade Giannulli opening up on Jada Pinkett Smith's Facebook uh, watch series, Red Table Talk, today. Yes. Uh, Did they talk about even, did they have a discussion about why why even have her on? I hope they discuss that. I oh, they did. Yes, they did. You know, the whole episode. So Red Table Talk is the Smith family's mm, I, talk show, I guess, on Facebook. Yeah, watch, it's, you know? the, yeah. it's, the, it's Jada's mom and her daughter, her, Willow, yep. and then Jada herself. Yeah. The that, three of them. That's right. They have to agree on guess. Yes. Kind of like we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, they do show the con- they do have a conversation on camera about having Olivia J. Giannulli, the daughter of Massimo Giannulli and Lori Laughlin, one of the centers of the college admission scandal on this show. Jada's mom, um, Adrian, is not here for it, and she's not shy about sharing her trepidations on giving Olivia Jade a platform. See, that's why I think Olivia Jade didn't go on. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, Steve and Diener hosted the Unidentified Alien podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
ABC, NBC, or CBS, I think they all just said we're done with that privilege story. Yeah, and we're yep. not going to waste time at this time of year. That's what I think the network. Oh, I, said. I get that, Lori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they did have a conversation okay. with Olivia Jade. Oops. They did deconstruct what was happening. What'd she say? Well, Olivia Jade, she you know she was talking about. Well, I'll say this. So uh, Adrian was framing her skepticism about having Olivia Jade on. So Adrian said, she said, I fought it tooth and nails. She quote, she says, quote, I just found it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out for her redemption story i feel like here we are a white woman coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them she said her being here is the epitome of white privilege to me and so olivia jade did reflect on that and she reflected on how she didn't even really understand that concept is that how that's because everybody did it probably that's how like in the bubble of privilege she was right did she say that yeah well essentially you know Mm. paraphrasing in as much as it's like well i didn't even understand what this privilege is because i was in it and it's only looking outside that i was able to reflect upon my circumstances and where i was coming from because she did open up about you know the pushback that she got originally from the college admission scandal she didn't quite understand it did she express being mad at her parents for, like, saying we don't lie, cheat, or steal and those types of lessons? <laughs> well, I don't think I, I don't think she necessarily reflected on it because I watched about yeah. 20 minutes oh, of this. Yeah, I watched about 20 minutes. And, you know, I think that actually Jada Pinkett Smith was fairly sympathetic to Lori Loughlin and Massimo Giannulli in the role of being a parent and being like, well, I want good things for my children and what am I going to do in order to get those things for my children. But do you think Jada with her Scientology, the whole way of thinking about kids is like, that's, I don't know. I feel, I have empathy. I just Mm -hmm. do on the story. And I have since the beginning. Mm -hmm. I I think sometimes they're the helicopter parent of privilege can't stop themselves. Probably Lori, Mm -hmm. probably. And I, and I have empathy. I really do. And you know, if in according to Olivia Jade, here's what she says: It's a good learning thing. Yeah. Oh, brother. I think I understand how wrong it is. We had the means to do something, and we completely, completely took it and ran with it. She sounds very. She, um, but <laughs> but again, I I'm willing to. It's extend it. it yeah. It's got to end for these people. I mean, they have suffered. Yeah, well, you know, I think... In- I'm saying it. I'm being honest. I think they have Lori's roll her eyes at me. <laughs> you know, Lori's so favorite song yeah. is... What is it? Yeah. Well, Instant no, karma. I just... Thank you, Wacko. <laughs> thank you, thank you Wacko. You haven't mentioned once that there's a John Lennon song called Julia. That's right. He doesn't care Ju- about that. No, Julia doesn't care about it. I what? know that song. My next door neighbor used to sing it. Julia, see, shall I? I don't know why you're so prickly today. Is it because it's the most productive day of the week and you've been booking authors in between our talk show segments? I mean, I can't figure out you're very prickly about Instagram and everything today. Just saying. Prickly about this. Well, I will say this about Olivia. I'm just Olivia. saying that I've always had empathy for this one. I can't help it. And like you said, you said it's because of the helicopter parent of me. And I, I think you're right. I know it was morally, horribly, horribly wrong. Mm. But I but I think that there has to be a road to redemption for these people. No one's saying That's there's not a Hallmark movie at the end of the road for Aunt Becky. She might need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll say this about Olivia Jade. You know, you were watching this and it's obvious that Olivia Jade has been coached very much and it's very thoughtful in the way that she was delivering her answers. And I say thoughtful in a very public relations way. Yeah, where, that's what I was where, thinking. Yeah, you know, it's but very... At, it's very public relations. But at the same time, I do think that there is an authentic 
realization and and, uh, enlightenment on Olivia Jade's part about where she was coming, her journey, I suppose, of what we could say. And with Jada Pinkett's mom, Adrian, you know, she was like, look, Olivia Jade, I'm not specifically like mad at you or whatever, but it's what this whole college admission scandal represents on a broader scale and those kinds of injustices that really, you know. Yeah, but wouldn't that, didn't that go right over her head? Not not, not really. Not really. No. Well, I haven't watched it. Oh, I I saw this part of it. I did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, honestly, my first time watching Bread Table Talk, thought it made for very compelling conversation and a a good little piece of TV. So She gets a lot of eyes, and now maybe the morning shows will replay this because then they wouldn't have had to devote any resources to, and they'll just pick up, and that's, you know... Great for uh, Jada's show, but I would have really loved to have listened to the argument about whether or not to have her on. Well, right. I'm sure it was very heated behind the scenes. I think so. You could actually see some tension on the set, but I think the whole premise of the Red Table Talk is like, look, we're coming to the table and we're going to have these conversations out in public. It's a good PR move for them. I'm sorry. Oh, for uh, Red Table Talk. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. getting a lot of attention from this. Look, well, we they haven't all... had anybody on in a while since they had their talk about their own well, entanglement, exactly. which is what oh, we're going to forever call more call uh, side sauce. It's an entanglement. An entanglement. Look, mm-hmm. Hollywood's in an entanglement right now about HBO Max and Warner Brothers dumping all of their movies in 2021 over there. Christopher Nolan is not here for it. He is spicy. He said that... Uh, Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they're working for the worst streaming service. I think it's a sellout. It's a cop-out. Warner Brothers. To say we're just going to stream everything? Well, they just I think they're just trying to save it for this year because they feel like people won't go back to the movie theaters. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I Christopher Tennant, it's the middle of a once-in-a-century pandemic. Right. I mean, maybe he shouldn't be quite so harsh. I do agree that HBO Max is a crappy streaming service. Tell me why. It's very, it's not user-friendly oh, like it Netflix. Isn't. Oh, Can't it is on Roku. Okay. No, it is. A, really? It I didn't is know that. crap that way so and that is the part he got right okay (laughs) yeah there's so much inside baseball stuff with that story and why he's getting mad i mean a lot of it's money right you know i suppose he thought he would yeah yeah i will just tell you there's a good variety article all about it i just think he might be you know they just have to do what they have we're all doing what we have to do this year every business decision this is the study of duh with noted academic journal skimmer Lori. Everybody knows. Uh, yeah, everyone knows that, though. Are we going to play Instant Karma? <laughs> I thought it was a stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. We got, we nothing, we got nothing. On I don't the, know if you like instant karma. You, or you we're, don't we're like it. We've been teasing you all day, and I can't believe you haven't called GB Layton. I can't believe you haven't called Steve Cohen. I haven't believe you haven't called everybody to say make a remake. Oh no! Do instant I, karma. I only I have my request with Chan. That's I it. Know it. I thought that was kind of interesting when we were talking to Chan Poling earlier because tonight is a John Lemon Curtis A tribute at mm-hmm. First Avenue that people can buy tickets to. It's two for one. 
Yeah, it's only $15. <laughs> Gather in front of your screens, kids, boys and, and girls. And celebrate it. But I loved how you asked him, you know, these two have grown up in this community and kind of were hits at the same time mm. back in the 80s. How come I, you're never in the I'm show? I'm trying to create beef, Julia. I, I love like that. But I mean, I thought it was interesting because he's like, we always have I, a big holiday show and that, it's the next day. Well, it's there. They are always the first weekend in December and then December 8th is whatever day it falls on. Exactly. I love though that you were stirring the pot. Because Julia, what, let's I, do some more. Two years ago, I think I went to the new standard show and we went to the Curtis A show and they were like on a. Saturday, Sunday or something? No, but they were like close together. And I was just like, woo, look at us. We're really having the Christmas show. You know, you might do three or four things. That sounds like a good weekend. Doesn't Doesn't it? it? You know, you're like, yeah. Right. You know. But I I kind of thought that was fun. And if we can think of any other artists that we can pit against each other in the Twin Cities, let's do it. (laughs) Right. Okay. Now, this is going to have people just sitting up and just saying, well, at least women, a universal, no kidding. But, uh. A study published in the Royal uh, Society has found that um, women's brains are capable of multitasking, but men, mm, not so much. Now, do you feel this is duh? This is a duh. This is such a duh. And I don't know, but go ahead. They they did it in an interesting way. And this is why, you know, I do... Skim the Royal Society, because you can imagine that is a real boring slog. <laughs> Long read. Gelatinous <laughs> studies. Okay. Um, just haven't been able to figure out how to use gelatinous. Energy. I kind of love that word. Okay, so they did the study in an interesting way. They okay. asked the, they had 83 people, ages 18 to 80. Evenly, well, not evenly. There was obviously one more man or one more woman. But they had to watch this tricky language test while walking on a treadmill. Oh, all right. Okay. And then they had cameras uh, watching how people moved. And what they did is they added a verbal task to everyone uh, and, uh, and to do something verbally and move their hand while they're walking and, and listening to the test. And listening to okay. the test. And uh, basically, they found that, uh, you know, the right arm and the left arm did not always know what they were doing. And it was very evident for men. And women could do well, several you, things. You kind of have known this for years. We've known this for years. But I, but I think it's... Um, we, if we dug a little deeper... It's right brain, left brain thing. It is. And, and, and men get more... Um, into a certain thing, more tunnel vision on a on a topic than women. Correct. We're we able know. to skim better, like what you do. Yes. We're better skimmers. That's right. And it doesn't it has nothing to do with intelligence or anything. Nothing. And it also might be with prioritizing because you need to know where the keys are. You need to know where the stuff is. You need to have in your brain more Mm-hmm. frequently probably than in a traditional housewife what's in the refrigerator more than the other person. you right. know what i mean right it's probably needs based too yeah but i mean just that's like a wild like they were just like okay more studies could be done but they were like it is evident there are gender differences there are uh and the multitasking leave it to the females rocco hmm. do you find that in your okay. marriage at all do you um, think meg's better at that or is that your you know it's we are weird i think sometimes i'm better at the things that 
you would expect a woman to be better at. And she's, you know what I mean? Like, but it's more like women can be more organized and be juggling more tasks at the same time. Whereas like even on this walking thing, they could not swing your arm to the left and move your other arm up and down. While oh, you're walking. I'd have a hard time figuring out my left and right on that exactly, one. Exactly. But, yeah. but you know <laughs> what I mean? I would struggle with that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, it just clearly showed that just when it comes to that, your brain, women's brains can fire on a multitask thing. They showed it. Got it. I mean, Done. Julia's brain fires wildly the whole show. Well, on yes. many tasks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hers is high multitasking. Title multitasking. <laughs> Sometimes it blows you away how much you can, how yeah. many balls you can have in the air at the same yeah. time, and still like. Okay. I just think this is a no kidding. It is a no kidding. Study. Let's go okay. to the next one. Okay, now this study here, I had to bring it today. It was published just so I can, you know, give you my credentials of where I skimmed the okay. Journal of Human Resources. Oh. Ooh. Guess what they found out? This is from a study conducted jointly by researchers at the University of is it Edinburgh, Borough. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Scotland and the University of Sydney. Firstborn children often think they're smarter than their siblings. Now the research has backed it up yet again. There have been Lori loves this study. Now, this has been an ongoing study over the years. That's right. Guess who's firstborn here, Rachel? Well, eldest children tend to have higher IQs. They've had studies that have shown that. um, that, Then their younger brothers and sisters, they perform better in school. And they've earned more income. Now, this study, this is what these people did. Now, the reason isn't because by being the firstborn, you get more emotional support, which is long what the theory is. Um, It is because these uh, researchers say that firstborns get their parents pay special attention in developing their thinking skills. Mm. Well... Second, third, fourth, they receive comparatively less encouragement in that area. And um, how they reached this conclusion, Julia, they examined longitudinal data collected by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics on 5,000 children as they matured from early childhood. Anyway, they compared it, blah, 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 blah. Found out firstborn children show stronger cognitive skills by age one. Okay. Speaking, they'll speak faster, yep. might get potty trained faster, might be walking. Do you know, Rocco, <laughs> that Lori's potty trained in a year? <laughs> no, no, by I didn't one. By she was, she's a miracle child that no, way. No, no. I got a friend who was potty trained by one. You do? Yeah, my friend Paula. I've never even asked my mom this. Yeah, you should ask your mom. I don't know if she'll remember. There was, she might not. She, it was a blur. It was there five, were five children, and seven years. Right. I think it was blurry. Um, anyway, they can't blah, blah, blah. Earlier studies, you know, they did this one. Uh, that might have been the last time that we really talked about this. They did paired siblings, this long-term study in New York City of people and found, you know, just, I don't know, family packing order. It is a thing. All right. It, it, it is I, a and thing. And that's okay. It is and a I, thing. 
I can, you know, as a parent of two children. Can you see that with your Well, my first one, you know, I wrote down every word, you know, (laughs) word, everything that went in the body and out of the body. I mean, there's so much more, but it was like, get him the black and white mobile and watch Mm. his eyes track. You know, the second one, you're like, just go to sleep. (laughs) I really, I mean, it it is a different way you raise your kids. My second one didn't even have a pair of shoes till he was 12 months old. His feet were so fat. I mean, that's what they just think. It's the paying attention to you all do. their developing skills, every single one of them, Cause in it's, great detail. Because they have your undivided attention. But the second one, you're blurry. Yeah. You've got the first one you're, you're still dealing with, and then you got this new one. And you're like, oh, yeah, I stressed about that one. Yeah. I don't need to do that I'm anymore. I'm just going to relax and enjoy. Right. Yeah. I, they don't need to be doing flashcards by Not three months. Three months. <laughs> Seven, you better know them. My second one, I worked more on throwing a ball. Yeah, you're like he's gonna be my athlete. I got my. He'd sit in front of a mirror. Remember my old house in Edina, where that wall of just a mirror in my dining room. He'd sit in front of the mirror with this ball with holes in it from Jimboree. If you remember that store, I do. And it had holes in it. It's like a wiffle ball. And just throw it against the wall and catch it. And throw it. I mean, he couldn't even sit up. I just swear, he'd just sit there with the ball. (laughs) So funny. And he was the athlete. More so. More so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But that's funny. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Rocco, then the only child. I want to see the study on the only children. They probably had the highest IQs of all and Mm -hmm. make the most money. Probably because they have all the attention in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you continue to find ways to develop Bruno's brain? Yeah, we try. Like I said, I sat him down and watched the Beatles the other night. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I'm going to get him his musical brain going. He's fired. Right, and the travel, you know, yep. that's history. And the conversation <laughs> with adults, they can talk more oh, yeah. with adults right. and have They're more confidence so there. Yes. And- We've talked to him like an adult, like since he was, you know, a month old, you know, a day old. It's weird. Yeah. Put on your own diaper. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> old enough. figure it out. Don't poop because you're too old. <laughs> Do it in the toilet. That's kind of interesting. It'll be... We haven't seen Bruno. Well, you saw him. Yeah, I saw him. I haven't him. seen him. I just saw him. But that, they, I haven't seen that study. But Rocco, keep my studies out. Okay. I normally have skimmed over anything to do with only children because it just hasn't applied to Julia or, or, any of our, or any A Donnie. few of our friends. And no, that was, that was from the Journal of Human Resources? Yes, because, of course, you know, they're trying to figure out how they can to hire and who hire firstborns. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they're smart. Get to Facebook. See where they are in the birth order if you can. <laughs> All right, listen, we'll be right back. Oh, favorite song. Oh, I love this song. We didn't you play Dear Prudence today. No, that's all right. That's I, all right. Li- I do like, it's a happy song. I mean, this is a fun, it's an upbeat song. And he wrote this later, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, sweet. So, Anyway, oh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people remembering John Lennon on uh, Twitter. And if people of a certain age, they remember. And even when if it, they were, did we remember the night? Remember, remember when you were? heard? Mm-hmm. It was a big deal in our life. Yeah. Yep. So Howard Stern had a big day today. He signed a five-year gajillion-dollar contract. How much does he make? How much does he make a year? Um, maybe $120 million per year. Good for him. You we, know should get, we should get into radio. That's so there's some money to be I made hear there. there is. Yeah, I hear there yeah. is. You know, anyway, but a- he was kind of excited about it. He's I have I listened to his show, you know, and you do. He'd been kind of waffling about it, but he really he's sixty six and um 
you know, I heard him talking about it today, and he was just like, you know, there's he wasn't ready to say goodbye to all the people that think of all the people that work work for on the him Howard and with Stern him, yeah, that all the people that he brought into uh, you know Sirius Satellite Radio. Yeah, really. all those years ago when he launched it, basically, remember? Yeah, and, and Les Moonves ran him out of what he would call CBS what we radio. do, terrestrial radio. Right, he did. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to pay him anymore. Well, didn't want to pay him anymore and made his life a living hell and always giving him crap about just stupid stuff when he was literally bringing in gajillions of dollars. You're right. It was one of the dumbest things CBS yeah. ever did, but most liberating thing but he had no idea if anyone would follow him over sure to this weird thing that no one has access to and you can get it on a car yeah so anyway you know what we're in that weird thing too that people do have access to in a car called the radio i know and i noticed there there are a few more cars like people i don't know if people are just working from other places or not so much right now I mean, you're, you're seeing more cars on well, the road. I know. I mean, I was until the lockdown. I, guess, I know I, I was, was too. Yeah. when I was driving well, across town, listen, we know um, we're just staying home closer to home. Yeah. Although we did go shopping today. Both of us said mm-hmm. Christmas. I, I did. Yeah. Well, and you know, we were talking about the Lindsay Christmas. Lowen is hiding from the shopping police. You know, Harper Collins is suing her and they're trying for $500,000. They're trying to, sir. They're trying to. Yeah. She's hiding out in the Middle East. It's hard to serve somebody in Dubai. Well, you know what? She's doing what she's doing. But, you know, a lot of things when we're talking about shopping, if people are going to be buying online Mm -hmm. from local shops, we hope, Mm -hmm. you need to be careful with the dates so you don't get in a crunch. But a lot of people, you can order and you can do drive-up pickup. Yeah, that's what I like doing. Yeah, do Mm -hmm. the drive-up pickup and just make sure that you're checking out the dates and getting ahead of it. If you're a last-minute person, it might not work out this year the way you want unless you're fine going in the stores, which is fine. Yeah. I don't know. Rocco, have you started or you don't? Yeah. You're not the shopper. No, I actually am. Like I said earlier, like sometimes yeah. I take over the roles that yeah. you would assume would be the other way around. But yeah, I, yeah, I've done a lot of shopping. Try to try to support local and. Right. Oh, that's right. You got yes. your liquor kit. That's right. Yes. I got to get some. You got your liquor kit tonight. You're going on a trip. Well, that's a good idea. I got a slushy from Hi Hi that I need to make and mm-hmm. I can What's watch in it? Good question. I just, I just saw the word slushy and I bought it. But, I love uh, those Frenchies. What's a Frenchie? Oh, I know those. They're like little gin drinks in a can. Yeah, it's from Vickery Distillery in Duluth. They sell like a Matt Thomas liquor. First of all, it's a cute French bulldog. It's a four pack. Okay. And it's gin and rosé. But I got a warm, and it's so delicious and refreshing on ice. But one can Can is two cocktails. Oh. And I discovered this at the suburbs. Mm-hmm. outside at the Burnsville, the one mm-hmm. at the end of August. I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring my little canned drinks. And I mean, I drank two of these cans and I was just like, whoa, wow. Well, one Those is two, right, two. And they say it on the can, but I just Who's assumed gonna, it was like right. a little white cloth and I, type Right, of and those have nothing in them. And right. I think about, I tried this new Very thing. Very good, this Frenchie. I tried this new absolute raspberry sparkler. Like last weekend it's, it, it's in a can yeah. and it's like vodka with sparkling water this is the same concept with, with frenchie but with it was didn't taste like gin. a white cloud like white cloud to me no, this is doesn't like, taste i don't like white cloud. i don't you and i are like that's like me the either. modern Z, zima zebra for us we already went we've been there done that yeah exactly. it's like a bartles and james but it's not even sweet like that <laughs> right 
I don't even buy in some canned, um, like old fashions and stuff. Those they're are kind yeah, of, they're, they're, they're kind of good. It's they're kind, kind of, of fun to buy. It. And if, yeah. if you can support a local distillery, right? And tatters, tattersall, but this tattersall makes they, little old fashions in little bo- mini bottles. Those mm-hmm. are we made. We gave those as like Thanksgiving gifts to and some people friends. Like that. Sorry, we forgot yours, but yeah. right. I'm, so for, right. in case you're wondering, my slushy called okay, the High us. of the Storm okay. comes with passion fruit, Saigon cinnamon, grenadine. Pineapple, lime, and Thai chili, and you add rum and ice and blend it, and there's your slushy. That sounds so good. Yeah, that's at high high. I like that, and you know we're gonna have a cookie exchange next week, Laurie. So you're not getting out of it, the three of us. What? Yeah, we already gave us crumble cake, which is really good. Yeah, did you have some of that cinnamon crumb cake? Yeah. Pretty delicious. Super All right. Thank you. Well, I'll make some melt in your mouth. Yes, I the like those. Moments. All right, so we're gonna do it delicious. next Wednesday. I've just added the date. Okay. Did, did you see Lori's face? No one could see me. This is radio. Instant Terrestrial karma. radio, people. <laughs> no one can see an eye roll. There, there, today would be a good day to listen to the replay. We had fun today. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.